The Productive Woman, Episode 243. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. This episode, we'll be talking about distractions. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 243. This episode is brought to you by one of my most indispensable productivity tools, Text Expander. I use it countless times each day to save time and avoid typos and things like that. Uh, You've heard me talk about it on the show even before they were a sponsor. Well, Text Expander 6.5 for Mac OS and 2.0 for Windows sports a new visual editor for the snippets that you create. The new editor makes it easier to see and edit snippet fill-ins, dates and date math, nested snippets, and more. You can insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple of key clicks everywhere you type. Take control of your time and your productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks. And if you love telling everyone about Text Expander the way I do, you can join their affiliate program to earn a little extra. Visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and to get 20% off your first year. Be sure to let them know that the productive woman sent you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to ask you for a little favor. If you're on the mailing list for my monthly e-newsletter, then you've already received my request about this. The productive woman will turn five years old on July 1st. And to celebrate, I'd like to put together an episode featuring feedback from the Productive Woman community, and I'd very much like to include you. Would you please consider sending me a message, one that I can share with listeners in an upcoming episode, in which you tell me a little about what the Productive Woman means to you, why you listen, perhaps a favorite episode of the podcast, or a lesson or key takeaway that you've picked up from listening to the show? You can send it by email at feedback at the Productive woman.com or even better send me a voice message I can share in the show itself you can create a voice message using the voice memo app on your smartphone and then just email it to me or you can click the send me a voice message button on the right side of the productive woman website just keep it under two minutes and be sure to introduce yourself so I know who to be grateful for for example hi this is Donna from Denver my favorite episode is whatever, because whatever. Or hello, this is Leanne from London. What I've learned from listening to the Productive Woman podcast is something along those lines. My hope is to share as many of your emails or voicemails as possible, either by compiling them into one episode or sharing a few of them in each episode in July. I'd very much appreciate hearing from you what the Productive Woman has meant to you as a listener. And either way, thank you for being a part of my life for the past five years. I am incredibly grateful. All right, so let's get into our topic. I got to thinking about distraction. I personally have noticed lately that it feels like I'm more easily distracted from work, from personal 
tasks, even from conversations. And I started thinking about how easy it is to be distracted and decided to do a little investigation into distractions, how to deal with them, how to stay focused on what matters. So as often happens, I started with a dictionary and defining what does distraction mean. One dictionary said, it's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Uh, Synonyms were things like diversion, interruption, disturbance, intrusion, interference, obstruction, and hindrance. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary also defined it similarly, something that distracts, an object that directs one's attention away from something else. And one of the things I noticed is that the definitions don't assign value to either the thing that's distracting or the thing that's being distracted from. They're both neutral. So good things can distract from good things or even from better things. And good things can also distract from bad things. I read some articles about uh, that talked about medical professionals using distraction during painful and uncomfortable medical treatments. Uh, even dentists, you know, how they'll chatter among themselves and their assistants while they're working on your teeth. And that maybe that's just part of what they do. But one article I read used that as an example that sometimes dentists will do that to sort of distract you. They're talking to you, maybe asking you questions, things like that. So distractions can can be, the thing that's distracting and the thing that's being distracted from can be neutral. But when it comes to being productive, distractions can come with a cost. And I looked at some of that, some of the, uh, for instance, the economic impact that distractions have. One article I read talked about the cost of what it calls the distraction economy, which it refers to as one where people have prioritized technology over people. This was a really interesting article that I will put a link for this in the show notes so you can check it out. It talked in the article about how our efforts to connect through technology result in us actually disconnecting as we're focused more on the tech rather than the people who are actually with us. Now, this article was in a business context. Uh, It was really focused on that. And it talks about the risks for leaders of being distracted. Uh, The two risks that it focused on were or that it talked about were setting a poor example for those we lead and failing to establish focus. So for instance, the article said, if a leader is constantly distracted and not paying attention, they're telling the rest of their team, this is an acceptable standard. And the article also said that uh, as to the second uh, risk of it, leaders operating without focus and intentional attention risk damaging relationships, missing key performance objectives, losing top talent to other organizations, and customers choosing other companies and vendors taking advantage of their distracted state. So this is in a business context, but I thought, you know, this, this, can apply to us as leaders in our homes with our kids. If we are constantly distracted, not paying attention, we're distracted by things going on in our mind or the tech that we've got in front of us, we're teaching our kids that that's an acceptable way to be. 
And as this article said, with respect to leaders in a business context, we are, if we are operating without focus and intentional attention, we risk damaging relationships with our kids and with the other people around us, missing key performance objectives. So not necessarily setting the example we want to and raising our kids the way we want them to be. Etc. And so I thought that was a real interesting application of the the business effects of distraction to our home and personal life. But in any event, in the economy, in business, there are true costs to distraction. Another article I read. Uh, cited statistics regarding the cost to the economy of digital distractions. Uh, And this article said that social media alone costs the United States economy around $650 billion. And it also noted that studies conducted on in, again, in a business context, show that workers are interrupted once every 11 minutes by tweets, WhatsApp messages, or Facebook messages. So it's costing our economy money. Uh, and, And it can cost us individually on an economic basis, because distraction prevents us from doing our best work, and accomplishing what we want to do in our profession or our business. Distraction can also, as some the article I was just talking about mentioned, impair relationships. If we are not paying attention to the people in our lives, if our are, we are distracted when we're around other people, that can distance us from them and, and affect those relationships. Distraction prevents us from being present. Maybe, you know, being distracted is maybe the opposite of mindfulness, which we've talked about at various times on the podcast, the importance of mindfulness. Distraction's the opposite of that. And it prevents us from being present in the moment, whatever activity we're engaged in. And distraction can actually endanger us and other people. For instance, if we're texting while driving or watching TV or talking to other people while handling sharp objects or potentially dangerous equipment, distraction in certain circumstances can actually put our health and safety at risk or endanger other people. And I thought it was interesting that it distraction actually has impacts on an, on an actual physiological level. So one article from Psychology Today talking about how our brain works says, and I'm quoting here, attention is a limited resource. Every time you focus your attention, and this is uh, true whether you're focusing it intentionally or by default, Every time you focus your attention, you use a measurable amount of glucose and other metabolic resources. Studies show, the article says, that each task you do tends to make you less effective at the next task. And this is especially true for high energy tasks like self-control or decision making. So the article concludes that distractions really take their toll. You know, I just think this is, uh, we've seen this in our lives, obviously. We we can give anecdotal evidence of this, but it's interesting to me that there is science behind it. There are studies that have shown the physiological impact of distractions that is using 
physical resources, metabolic resources that make it harder for us to to do the things that we need to do to make decisions, to exercise self-control, and just to do the tasks that are important to us if we're distracted. So knowing that, knowing thinking about what distraction means, anything that takes our attention away from something else, and the some of the impacts of distraction, both economically, relationally, um, and, and all the other ways that we've talked about. I thought it's interesting or important to look at some of the causes or sources of distraction. And they generally fall into two categories. They're either internal or external. Okay. And so for instance, some of the internal distractions, the things we sort of do to ourselves, one that came to mind and really one of the ones that kind of got me started thinking about this episode and and the things I wanted to talk about, one source of distraction that's internal is unmade decisions. Our brains have a finite amount of energy. And so the question, and then this, I heard this conversation in episode, I think it's episode 246 of Brooke Castillo's podcast, um, the Life Coach School podcast. And she did an episode, I think it's 246. It's about decision debt. And we'll double check and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, And she asked the question, knowing that our brains have finite energy, do you want to use up energy reconsidering the same decision over and over? Or do you want to use it for something else? And this, this really is what got me thinking about this episode and, um, talking about these things, thinking about how distracted I've been. I know that when I have a decision to make, especially if it's a significant one, it's very hard for me to focus on anything else. It keeps running through my mind as I'm weighing the pros and cons, the the consequences of if I do it or don't do it. And I've seen this happen more than once in my life. One example was when an opportunity was given to me to change law firms, go from the one I'd been at for many years to a new one. It was a very difficult decision for me for a lot of reasons. And I agonized about it for several weeks and had a really hard time during that period of time uh, staying focused. I was very distracted all, a lot of the time during that period when I was trying to make this decision. Uh, it's hard to get work done. It's hard to focus on conversations. It's hard to sleep when you have an unmade decision. And the bottom line, and this is something that Brooke talked about in this episode about decision debt, is you're better off simply making the decision and letting it go. An unmade decision is a source of distraction in a way that a a made decision is not. So learning to, instead of taking lots and lots of time to agonize over decisions, simply make the decision and let it go uh, is a key to getting past that distraction and getting on with your life. And I'd uh, encourage you to check out the episode. She had a lot of good things to say about the process of simply making those decisions. But so unmade decisions are one internal cause of distraction. Another one is daydreaming. 
Um, and one definition of daydream and that I found is that it's when your mind wanders and your attention shifts from the task at hand, whether it be physical or mental, to a place that is entirely your own. And this article says that daydreams consist of little videos of yourself in past, present, and future events, what you wanted to happen, replaying certain events over and over again, or daydream about future events where you see yourself in 10 years or even daydreaming about what you'll do later tonight. This article says it's been noted that about 30 to 47% of our conscious day is spent spacing out, drifting and daydreaming. And I, I, that's probably about right. But it's so it's an internal source of distraction when we are working at something um, and our mind just goes somewhere else. And that can happen in any situation, even when we're talking to someone. Daydreaming is not always a bad thing. There are studies that talk about this, that daydreaming can enhance creativity, can help us perform better in certain circumstances because daydreaming is is kind of a way of rehearsing for certain important events or activities. That same article that I was just talking about, and again, there'll be a link in the show notes, uh, explains how daydreaming works on a on a physiological level. So the article says, when you daydream, your brain is actually using a different network called the default network. This network includes areas of the brain, such as the medial prefrontal cortex, which helps us to imagine ourselves and the thoughts and feelings of others. The posterior cingulate cortex, which shows personal memories from the brain, and the parietal cortex, which has connections to the hippocampus that stores episodic moments. The article goes on to say that the default network is only activated when people switch their conscious mind from an attention demanding task to wandering or daydreaming. For this reason, this network, the default network, um, those portions of our brain is considered our default setting. When our brain is not paying attention to the present, it reverts to this setting. And the default network is is extremely active when we do not notice we have lost focus and our mind wanders on its own. So daydreaming is a what happens when our brain shifts from the attention demanding activity in front of us to go off somewhere else. And it is a distraction. It is something internally caused. And we'll talk a little bit about dealing with that later on. A third source of or internal source of distraction is emotions, Uh, whether it's worry, unresolved drama, whatever. When we're feeling strong emotions, either positive or negative, it's hard to stay focused on anything else. Our minds keep going back to the thoughts that created that emotion in the first place and the situation or circumstance that led to those thoughts. So if we're overjoyed about something that's happened, we, you know, the, the person we love has just, has proposed to us and we're, you know, we're just full of joy and, and hope for the future. Future, or whether it's a negative emotion, we're worrying about something, or we're sad, or we're angry, any of those sorts of things are going to distract us from our ability to do the things that we need to be doing. Worry, for instance, is just rehearsing the same negative thought over and over. 
And um, one article that I read uh, called Five Mental Habits That Can Limit Your Ability to Think. This one was really interesting. It's another one from Psychology Today. It says, replaying upsetting, frustrating, or distressing events over and over again, especially when doing so frequently or habitually, can make our minds race with thoughts or stir us up emotionally, severely taxing our intellectual resources, in addition to impacting our cognitive functioning, brooding is the term the article used, or also known as ruminating, can present real dangers to our emotional and even our physical health. So worrying is a big one in terms of distraction, but it's also physically not not good for us. And strong emotions, and especially when it comes from stress, has physiological impacts on us. Another article talked about the impact of stress and strong emotions. And it said, among other things, chronic stress floods our nervous system with cortisol and adrenaline that short circuits important cognitive functions. Researchers have studied the negative effects of stress on focus, memory, and other cognitive functions for decades. The findings are consistent, the article says. Short-term stress raises cortisol levels, which is the the stress hormone, for short periods and can jumpstart our adrenaline and motivate us to perform more efficiently in response to impending deadlines. So short-term stress is not a bad thing in terms of performance. But the article says, long-term stress can lead to prolonged increases in cortisol and can be toxic to the brain. Scientists also suspect that high levels of cortisol over a long period of time are a key contributor to Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. So strong emotions that stress us out can have long-lasting and significant physiological effects on us. This article goes on to talk about the impact of distractions on stress. Uh, And it says, when we can't focus at work because of distractions, it may lead us to feel stressed about not being productive, which then causes us to focus less, further feeding the cycle. Unfortunately, most of us don't notice our focus declining until we become completely overwhelmed. When mental and emotional exhaustion sets in, it further drains our ability to focus, concentrate, and recall information. So distractions, especially at work or where wherever we're trying to accomplish something um, meaningful, can contribute to this cycle of stress and non-productivity. Strong emotions do that sort of thing. So it's important uh, to think about that, that impact of emotions uh, and the creation of stress and our inability to focus. So those are some of the internal sources of distraction. What are some of the external sources? Uh, one of them, the first one that came to my mind is, you know, just 21st century life, the multiple inputs that we are surrounded by, noise and screens and sources of information. It's so easy to get distracted and sidetracked. Even say you go looking for an answer to a question related to your work or something important that you need to do, and you get distracted by so many resources with potential answers and so much coming at us all the time. One, one 
uh, doctor wrote about this and said, while the age of information may have made us better connected and informed, it has also made our lives more rushed, hectic, and distracted. Research is now proving that the brain is not quite coping with the amount of information we receive and our ability to disconnect from the outside and be present in the moment is actually decreasing. So this is from a doctor, a, a co- renowned cognitive neuroscientist. So, you know, that's all this information that we're being overloaded with is uh, creating a problem for us and our ability to stay on task and stay focused. Another external source of distraction is technology. I mean, we live in an amazing age with technology that makes our lives easier in so many ways. I mean, we, we carry supercomputers in the palm of our hands. We have 24-hour news sources where we can know what's going on around the world as it's happening. We have smart cars and smart refrigerators and smart washing machines and smart TVs. We have tools that allow us to stay connected and have immediate communication with the people we care about. All this tech is miraculous, but it's also a huge source of distraction. Uh, Another source that I was looking at that I thought was so interesting. There are a couple of them that cited some studies that have been done. One article says we have all these new technologies, which are very good at distracting us, which our human habits have not caught up to. The challenge is that we've not realized the true cost of distractions. They use up what is actually a limited supply of attention each day and make us far less effective if we need to do deeper thinking work. And two of these um, articles talked about a study in uh, at the uh, uh, London University found that always being connected impacts your IQ equivalent to losing a night's sleep or taking marijuana. Uh, another article said the same thing. Uh, this was a study at the British Institute of Psychiatry, which showed that checking your email, for instance, while performing another creative task decreases your IQ in the moment by 10 points. That's the equivalent, it says, of not sleeping for 36 hours, more than twice the impact of smoking marijuana. So having, uh, trying to use this technology, which is a a great resource for us, uh, at times when we need to be thinking creatively, is having a negative impact. A third external source of distraction is other people. And that's whether it's people calling or, you know, texting you or whatever, or dropping into your your office or your home, or just people nearby that you can hear. It's very easy to be distracted by them. Uh, there's a reason for this. Our brains uh, are attuned to other people. Dr. Paul Ashley of the University of Kansas says, there is nothing more interesting to the human brain than other people. He says, I don't care how you design your vehicle or your roadways, because he was talking about this in the context of distracted driving. He says, if you have technologies in a vehicle that allow you to be social, your brain will not be able to ignore them. Uh, And then he says this, I thought this was so good. There are only two things we love, serotonin and dopamine, the two reward chemicals. They come along with all those other things that make us feel good. And there is really nothing more rewarding to us at a just, and I'm saying this, this is me saying this, at a, at a gut 
level, a physiological level, there is nothing more rewarding to us than the opportunity to talk to someone else. So having other people around can be a distraction, which is interesting because, of course, you know, we want to have other people around. A final uh, external source of distraction can be our physical needs. So things like fatigue, hunger, or pain. Our survival instincts as a species mean that bodily needs will often take priority in our brain's attention mechanism. When we are hungry, when we are tired, when we are in pain, the brain pays attention to that more than whatever task we're, we're wanting to do. So those are some things that we that uh, cause distra- distractions or sources of distraction. Those internal sources, uh, things like unmade decisions, daydreaming, strong emotions, uh, are distraction sources. The external sources we talked about are just the multiple in source or inputs that are coming at us all the time. The the technology that serves us that can also distract us and other people and our physical needs. So uh, I'm sure there are others. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to write like a <laughs> a treatise here or make this too long, but those are some of the ones that I thought of that cause distractions. So the question is, how do we manage them and stay focused? And I want to talk about that. But before I go into some of the things that we can do to manage distractions, stay focused on what matters, I do want to make the point that getting distracted is normal and human. Our brains are wired to pay attention to certain things for certain reasons. And so getting distracted does not mean there's something wrong with you. For instance, there are studies out there that show that the human brain can only focus on a given task for a limited period of time. One article says that's around two hours before it needs to take a break to renew and reset. So it's normal rather than a character flaw or a lack of discipline to get distracted. And I also want to point out that you can't shame yourself or bully yourself into ignoring distractions and staying focused. Uh, that doesn't help. Uh, when you, One of the articles we talked about earlier talks about how the, the stress that comes when we're distracted, uh, we feel like we're not being productive, we get stressed out, that distracts us more. Uh, you know, so you can't, you can't beat up on yourself enough to overcome the tendency to get distracted. But you can take action to create an environment that makes it easier to recognize and overcome distractions and thus spend more time focused on what matters to you. And that's what I thought I'd spend a little bit of time talking about in the last part of this episode. So what are some of the things that we can do to create that environment where it's uh, it's a little easier to recognize distractions when they come, deal with them and get back to work. And the first thing I think is to notice when you're feeling distracted and investigate why. Again, instead of beating up on yourself, just get curious. What what were you doing when you got distracted? What distracted you? Is the thing you were doing something you don't want to do? 
because uh, that often will make it easier to get distracted. Why don't you want to do it? Why are you doing it if you don't want to do it? Think about that. Why are, is it just difficult? Is it challenging? Is it boring? What is the thing? Thinking about those things and learning to be uncomfortable, either mentally or physically, for a little while is a key to achieving the things you want in the long term. So, recognizing what sorts of things are you doing when you get distracted? Why did you get distracted? How do you feel about that thing? Are you willing to be uncomfortable, to be challenged, to be bored, whatever, for a period of time in order to achieve what you want to in the long run? So noticing when you're distracted, starting to get curious about what, when you get distracted, why, and what sorts of things distract you. Practice being aware of your mind, what you're paying attention to, and where your thoughts go when they wander. So we talked about daydreaming as one of the internal sources. And uh, several of the articles that I looked at that talked about daydreaming the you know noted that you can daydream in positive or negative ways and i would say if we're going to daydream let's do it in a positive way imagine good things imagine uh, positive things and direct our thoughts that way but the the point here is to start to become aware of what your mind is paying attention to focus is a skill that can be improved, but it starts with awareness of what things draw your attention away and and why. The third thing it would be to take action to deal with emotions that are distracting you. So if you are being distracted by strong emotions, whether it's anger, sadness, worry, whatever, uh, start to do something proactive to deal with those. Maybe start with doing a mind dump, download those emotions onto paper. What is it you're feeling? What thoughts are you having that are creating those emotions? Process those emotions, feel them and, and go somewhere from there. If you're upset with someone, maybe process that and consider talking to them. Seek resolution where you can. Sometimes strong emotions come from some sort of unresolved conflict, either internal or external. And maybe the answer is to uh, process those emotions, feel them, you know, get yourself in a good place and then go seek resolution if another person's involved. If you're being distracted by worry, maybe the action you need to take is to intentionally turn your thoughts to solutions rather than focusing on the thing you're worrying about. Because finding a solution will let your brain let go of that worry and move back to the the matter at hand, the task that you're being distracted from. Uh, and and the other thing when it when it's emotions that are distracting you, besides being aware of and putting a name to that emotion, recognize that whatever circumstances might have triggered those emotions, the real source of that emotion is your thought, whatever it is you're thinking about. You can't always control circumstances, but you can learn to control your thoughts and thus direct those emotions in a more positive way and manage your thinking in a way that will let you get back to work and not be so distracted. I've mentioned this before, but I encourage you to, uh, if if emotions are an issue for you and, and, you know, thoughts kind of going crazy as a distraction from your work, uh, I encourage you to check out Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School podcast and go 
go back and start with episode one, where she starts explaining in a very helpful and clear way, the process of learning to identify your emotions, the thoughts that trigger them and direct your thoughts in a more positive way so that you can get rid of the distraction and get back to work. When it comes to external distractions, uh, one of the things we can do is simply remove the temptation. So put your phone in a drawer, turn it off, turn off the notifications so it's not pinging and dinging and burbling at you. Use something like the, the Freedom app. Uh, and there are a couple of others. I'll try to find some links to put in the show notes. I use the Freedom app, which lets you block access to social media and other sites that distract you for a specific period of time. That's I'm not sponsored by Freedom or any of these, but it's a great tool that whether on your computer, your phone, your your whatever mobile device, you can actually set it to say, okay, for the next hour, I can't even get on to Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or whatever websites are your distraction of choice. And that kind of forces you to, to, it takes away that distraction, prevents you from going there so you can stay focused. You can unsubscribe from email chains and marketing lists and e-newsletters that uh, disrupt you. Whether, you know, we talked about technology and the impacts that it can have. And, and I thought that one article had a, a really good point on it, uh, on this issue of the technology and it says we need technology, but think about what we need it for. It should enhance our lives, strengthen our relationships, and help us find more time for things that are important to us in life. If you don't feel like a particular app or device is adding value to your life, consider it a distraction and aim to limit your interaction with it. So we can remove the technology or the temptation to that to use technology to distract us from our, our work or our whatever it is that we want to be focused on by simply putting it away. Another thing we can do to deal with potential distractions is to declutter your workspace. And I know this is controversial because I, some of you are saying, oh, but I work best in a, you know, a, a crazy cluttered environment, what other people call clutter, I I love it. And I work better that way, all my stuff out where I can see it. I get that. I know there are people that feel that way. But every article I've ever read, uh, every expert I, that has been cited has affirmed that physical clutter distracts us, making us less efficient and less effective. So if you think you work well in a crazy, busy, cluttered environment, uh, maybe you do, but imagine how much more effectively you would work if you didn't have that cluttered environment. Uh, one article said, keeping a clean work environment, both physical and digital, is essential to your ability to stay focused. So they, this article suggests at work, put things in a drawer, create folders on your desktop to get rid of all the random files, and keep only the most important 8 to 12 apps on your home screen turn off all unnecessary notifications. Don't let yourself get distracted by all the clutter. You will stay focused for much longer. This is from an article called The Two Things Killing Your Ability to Focus. So I'm not making this up and I get it. If you love having all your stuff out where you can look at it, um, maybe you don't think this applies to you, but if you find yourself distracted, it's at least worth considering trying this approach for a period of time to see 
if you're even more effective without the clutter around you. Uh, again, when it comes to the external dis, uh, distractions, work smart. So for instance, to the extent you can work around your own physiological rhythms, work on complex focus requiring tasks at the time of day, you're most focused and energetic and l- the least likely to succumb to distractions. So way back in episode 173, we talked about the value of learning when you're more naturally able to focus. And in that episode, uh, we talked about becoming more self-aware. So track for it for a day or two when you're most focused and when you're not. Keep a log. When you catch yourself working with sustained focus on a project or or easily powering through your to-do list without becoming distracted, when does that happen? Make a note of the time of day, how much sleep you got the night before, what the weather was like, etc. Keep a log of what you were doing or what you should have been doing instead. Observe when you find yourself ignoring your important work uh, work projects to check Facebook or watch YouTube videos or something else. See if you can find patterns. Which hours of the day are you most focused? When do you start to lose focus? And then if you can, adjust your work plans accordingly so you can work on the important things, the things that require focused attention when you're naturally more focused. For a lot of us, that's going to be first thing in the morning. But it's not every everyone. Um, my friend, Mike Vardy, who, who hosts the Productivity is podcast and has lots of resources out there. He's a night owl. And he, he talks about that a lot on his show and in his writings that he's most able to focus at night. And that's when he does his best focused work. But he's figured that out by paying attention. And you can do the same thing. Recognizing that attention or focus is a finite resource. Do the work that requires focus first before you use your attention up on less crucial activities like social media and email. So if you've got several things to do in the day and one of them requires focused attention, do it early enough in your workday, whenever your workday starts, um, before you've used up your attention ability uh, doing other things. And keeping in mind what we talked about before, the studies that show that the human brain can only focus for limited periods of time, you know, the two hour limit that the the one article talked about, take breaks when you're working on something that requires intense focus. Uh, Get up, move around, drink some water, have a snack, deal with some of those physical needs that can be distractions uh, before you go back to work. And the other thing you can do is to plan ahead for external distractions. So if frequent interruptions from other people are a distraction for you, be proactive about scheduling time to meet with them. Create office hours if you can, and try to set aside time that those kinds of distractions are not going to come up. If you work in an environment where noise or other people are distractions, you consider wearing headphones while you work. Whether you have music or something playing or not, having headphones on often will make people pause before uh, they they interrupt you because they may think you're listening to something. There are a lot of other suggestions in some of the previous episodes we've done. So episode 194, uh, we talked about 10 ways to stay focused. 
episode 173, which I think I mentioned earlier, is titled Focus, a Word for the Year. And there are lots of suggestions in that episode on how to minimize distractions and improve your ability to focus. And there are several others where we've talked about this in the past. You can go to the Productive Woman website at theproductivewoman.com and you'll see there's a search bar uh, in the right-hand sidebar and just search the term distraction and it'll bring up some episodes that might be relevant to this where you can get some additional tips and ideas on how to manage and deal with distractions and get back to work. And before we wrap up, I we've mostly been talking about dealing basically with distracted moments, but let's also be aware of the possibility for distracted living. We think of obvious things as distractions, noise, flashing lights, you know, beeps, people talking to us, but even good things can distract us from what's more important to us. Activities that we take on can be a distraction from the things that really are important to us. Uh, That's why it's important to be intentional about the commitments we make and the activities we undertake. uh, Question, ask ourselves whether we're filling our time with certain activities that might be distracting us from something else that's more important, but maybe more challenging for us. One writer suggests that we think very carefully about the way we're filling our time to make sure we're living meaningfully. This writer says, here is another easy exercise to help you identify your distractions. If you had only one day left to live, would you spend your time on blank, whatever that activity might be? Once you realize where your priorities lie, turn your undivided attention toward them and use all your efforts and resources to achieve things that make you feel proud and content. I think that's such a great question. And we get so kind of busy in the day to day that we forget to take that step back and look at the things we're doing. And, and this can really bring it into perspective. If I had one day left, how much of it would I spend watching YouTube videos? I'm asking myself that question because YouTube is kind of my distraction of choice. And this reading that quote in that article really kind of got me to the heart. And I I encourage you to consider that as well. So what do you think? Do you feel like you're easily distracted or have you mastered the skill of focused attention? I'd love to hear from you about either what distractions you're susceptible to and how you manage them or what you, you know, how you've gotten good at focus. What are the tips that help you stay on task and avoid distractions? You can share your ideas or your questions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 243, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or if you're a woman who listens to the show, be sure you've joined us in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Uh, We have lots of great conversations going on there. As always, if you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or your suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to CM from the United States, who recently left a very kind review of the podcast in uh, iTunes. 
And CM says, I am a lawyer and a mom of five. I, I almost thought, wait a minute, that's me, but it's not me. Um, anyway, CM says, I'm a lawyer and a mom of five who has greatly benefited from the Productive Woman podcast. I appreciate the diverse professions and perspectives of the guests and their willingness to share both what works for them as well as what they do when it all just gets away from them. I'm really a fan of the detailed show notes, which I generally consult before listening. That allows me to view or download any resources so I can make use of those that interest me shortly after listening. Great job, Laura. Well, thank you, CM. That was, uh, you made my day finding that. Uh, So thank you uh, for anyone who listens to this show, and especially for those of you who, uh, who take a moment to leave a review or shoot me an email letting me know what you think of the podcast. Before we go, one quick reminder, don't forget to visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year of Text Expander, a productivity tool that I use many, many times a day. Uh, definitely check it out if it, and see how it can help you be more productive. And thank you to Text Expander for supporting The Productive Woman. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I hope there was something in it that you found helpful or encouraging. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Mm